In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast, the final episode of the year 2020 with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Well, it's been a year. It's been a year. It's been a year. And I feel like... I said this before, I think, on a previous podcast not too long ago, where it's like, I think it's so funny how we're all, (laughs) me too, like excited that this year's over, even though it's not like on January 1st or 2nd, everything's going to like go back to how it was (laughs) before. But I do think that there is some comfort in knowing that we've been dealing this for about a year and this, let's get that behind us and now look forward. And what does that mean for everybody? And so before we can do that, we want to look backwards at our year in review. Yeah, man, because we need to definitely reflect. I mean, we're always big on from a clinical perspective, from a business perspective, like looking back at decisions and looking back at what happened during either that treatment session from a clinical standpoint or from business decisions that you made prior. Like what is the actual outcome of that so that we can either keep doing what we what what worked and stop doing what didn't. And I think it's really important to to look introspectively at like what personally we can get better at and then also what we can get better at from a business perspective as well. And interestingly, so pre-COVID pelvic sanity was rolling. Dude, we were rocking. You guys, we were and this is sometimes I think a little part of the you know, tragedy of, of what actually happened with COVID. I think that at least we were on like this rockin' ride to like, we were going to hit some of the financial goals, some of like the patient number goals. Like we were going to crush all other previous years. We were rocking. And that came to a freaking screeching ass halt. And frankly, I think, I don't know if I want to say it humbled us, but it certainly was like, oh, we cannot take that for granted because it can change in an instant. And it did. That's a great point. I think that a lot of times we keep moving the goalposts on ourselves. And we see this with our mentees too of, cool, you had a week, you hit 17 patients in one week. And now all of a sudden you're crushed and disappointed if you don't hit 17 every week from then on out. It's like progress is not always linear. Just because we were doing 550 patients a month in January, 600 in February, does not mean that's guaranteed, does not mean that that's our natural baseline and that we've been falling under that this whole time. That might be an outlier in the positive direction, but you know, we always feel great when we exceed our baseline from the negative side, but then we get these positive results and we just think that that's somehow due to us. We're owed yeah. that for the rest of our so I business guess, existence. Yeah, so I guess it was... 
yeah, I'll go ahead and say humbling men to be like, ooh, like, yeah, we were kicking ass. But it doesn't mean that there was a lot of things. There are some things out of our control, both positive and negative, right? And so this was a negative thing out of our control. And uh, it's really about how this year was all about how we tried really hard and I think did a really, frankly, a good job of, of responding and not reacting because it was a an easy year to react into a lot of things. And we always try to respond, not react in a lot of different ways. But this year, more than any year, it was really important to do that. And I think for me, at least, I don't know if you feel the same way, but at least from a business perspective, I feel a lot more... I would say grounded, settled, just like a low-lying confidence that having been through what we've been through, we can now basically go through anything. And, you know, it's like, again, where we were saying like, oh, we had this great run and we had never had anybody have to leave pelvic sanity. Everybody we hired was still there and things were fantastic. And, you know, we're taking credit for that. And, and I think we should. I think we built something really cool. But... You know, that we also just have to understand the role that chance can play in some of those things and then be confident in your, our ability to respond and in our ability to pivot, our ability to move in different ways and make sure that we figure things out. And I don't think we had really, at least for me, I don't think I had really internalized that when things were just all going really well. Yeah. Yeah. And but there's a phrase about this where, oh, I'm going to screw <laughs> I'm going to screw it up. Jesse's looking at me like, oh, geez, what are you going to say? This is so fun as you but search for idioms. No, but there's something about like you can't see, oh, you can't like see the positive or see the peak unless you've been in the valley. You know, what am I thinking of? Beautiful sunsets need cloudy skies. Oh, Pablo that was a good one. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll say that that's what Nicole was aiming for. <laughs> right. But you have to, sometimes you have to eat some shit in order to really appreciate the the positives, right? That's, That's the <laughs> phrase you're going for. Sometimes you just got to eat some shit. <laughs> Everyone knows what I mean. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to eat some shit. <laughs> Enough said. Anyways. Okay. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's, this is 2021. It's going to be a better year for the podcast as well, I think. <laughs> but I think the other thing that was really cool about going through a lot of the adversity that we went through and really having to get, I think it made us get really clear on our pelvic PT ethos and our business ethos, like what we really think about stuff. Yeah. I feel more than any other year, our decisions, while there were many that were difficult, even the difficult ones became easier because it forced us early in the year to really revisit our why, both from pelvic PT rising and pelvic sanity and personally, like, what are we actually doing and what's important? And, you know, coronavirus and, and shutting down the clinic like we did in March for 10 weeks, like, made us really have to think about what happens if pelvic sanity never comes back. Like, what if our profession as we know it is different? What if everything that we were striving to do before has to look different now? Because it sure as hell did look different for that 10 weeks. But it, it really forced us to think about like, you know, the meaning of diversifying, you know, your income streams and all kinds of things like that. What I really think the biggest takeaway was, you know, you're going along, you're doing your job 
and all of a sudden that job is taken away from you. And if all it is is a job, then that's, you don't have anything left. Like that's it. Your job has been taken away from you. And what coronavirus and having that big pause made us start to think about is, well, what is beyond the job? Are you just doing this because you are a physical therapist? And really the answer is no, you're doing this because you have a really deep-seated belief that people deserve better pelvic health care. And the way that you had been actualizing that was through direct patient care and working with people at Pelvic Sanity. But there's other ways to serve that mission. And I think that's where we started thinking about different options. Branched out, this podcast came about as part of that, where we can still serve that mission of helping provide better health care for people in a lot of different ways. And how can we do that when you can't be in there and our PTs can't be in there hands on? Yeah. So we did a lot of things on the pelvic sanity front, which is the clinic front that were different. And then we also were able to become more at, I don't want to say at peace, but more, even more, just more excited to prioritize pelvic PT rising. Because up until that point, it wasn't really a back burner kind of situation, but it definitely, we were prioritizing things at pelvic sanity more than we were the clinical education and for sure the business education part of it. And And some of our conversations then centered around where can we actually make the most impact? And we started just thinking about it. And that is by helping more of you guys see more people, start your businesses, be successful with things, treat patients the way you want to treat patients and multiply, you know, there's a going to be a finite limit of the number of people that Nicole can see there's going to be a finite limit to the number of people we can see coming through at Pelvic Sanity, no matter how many people we hire. But there is not a finite limit to how many people we can help by training others and, and helping to empower other people to be able to go out and do the thing. Yeah. And as a little sidebar to that, we talk about it here on the podcast and we truly believe that cash-based pelvic physical therapy is the best form of patient care, but that's not the only way. And so even if we continue to have pelvic PT rising, both clinical and business like mentorship and education, that we can still help people to serve their patients better by even requesting from their boss that they, you know, or they don't budge on that they want to decrease from 45 minutes to 30 minutes and and giving you guys the courage to actually say no. And this is why. And can we please have a conversation about how we can reconcile that from a business standpoint? So you guys can at least understand that even if you're not going to start your own practice, because that's not for everybody for a lot of different reasons. And it really showed us, Corona really showed us that we can still fulfill our why in multiple ways. And in some ways, I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud, but in some ways it's like really a lot more exciting than treating a single vaginismus patient or something like that in the clinic. So that I've really grown in that way over this year and it's exciting to me. That's a recalibration too, I think, because... It's so gratifying, and I saw it secondhand, sitting at the front desk, seeing how people's faces changed as they came in and they got better. It's even more gratifying, I'm sure, firsthand when you're actually helping somebody and changing somebody's life. But being able to step back from that and say that I can actually serve more of those patients by doing something different where I don't get that instant gratification, that's a recalibration. That's difficult. Yeah, it's hard. 
And but I am excited about it. And in some ways, as weird as it sounds, I am thankful that Corona happened the way that it did because I it forced us. We did not really have a choice in doing what we did, I don't think. I mean, I guess we could have stayed open, but that time it just didn't feel right. So I just feel that that it forced us to just think differently yeah, about stop, a lot reevaluate. of things. And I think it really became clear as we got into the second half of the year and we reopened and had done a lot of thinking over that time, just how much easier being clear with what we believe about business, being clear with what we believe about pelvic PT made decisions. And we had a lot of tough decisions to make in the back stretch of 2020. Mm-hmm. We, for the first time, let a physical therapist go, and that was a really difficult decision, but that was somebody who was a great person, had somebody we had mentored, Nicole had worked with for several years, and as we came back from COVID, it just became really clear that there was a fundamental difference in pelvic PT ethos, and that goes back to being, because you know we had developed that basically through training her. We hadn't asked about that beforehand. It's not anybody's fault, but we came to the conclusion of there's a fundamental difference of pelvic PT ethos here. And is that something that we can have at the clinic? And the answer really the answer was, was no. The answer was absolutely not. Yeah. But it would have been easy. The easy decision, the easy business decision, you know, she's doing fine, would be to let her continue treating patients. You know, yeah. just let it linger. Let it go until we can bring in somebody to take that spot, you know, whatever. But basically, when we came to the conclusion of this is not going to work long term, it also makes it easier to say, well, this just needs to stop. Like, we need to just be honest up front right now. Right, because then we're just belaboring a point that we know. Then it feels really disingenuous. I mean, it was terrible for the time after, but in between we made the decision and actually having to, like, do it. That's a whole different podcast for a different day on, like, all of the thought process and lawyers and all kinds of stuff that we had to go through to make sure we're doing everything the right way, but from a business standpoint, but that, that was anxiety ridden. I didn't sleep. We fought a ton during that time. And like, it was just cause we were super stressed out cause it was a big freaking deal. But again, just because the, it made the decision to make the decision or the decision that we made to do that was we never doubted the decision to do it because yeah. we had a handle on ethos. It doesn't, it doesn't make it easy to do, but yeah. it does make it. It was not something where we were questioning the decision. It was just a you know implementation is always difficult. And we said the same thing when we came to telehealth. When everything was shutting down in March and a lot of people were trying to pivot really hard into telehealth. And we looked at our ethos, our hands-on, manual, one-on-one ethos, the reason that people would come into us. And we just did not feel right about yeah. saying, hey, we can do just as well with telehealth. Yeah, that was a big decision too, because, you know, again, this is kind of a little bit like from a business standpoint, we probably could have gotten a lot of people to quote unquote convert, right? If we would have told people what to do in that situation and we would not have really given them a true option, we probably could have gotten a decent conversion rate. I mean, I'm pretty certain of that. But the real question is just because you can, does it mean that you should? And we had to grapple with that from a business standpoint at a time when, frankly, it was really scary because we were shutting down and there was no income coming into the business for a long ass time. And that, and to still, I feel really proud that we stuck with our 
our gut feeling and our pelvic PT ethos to not do the quick fix and get as many people as we can to convert to telehealth because that's how we were going to make money during this time. We still were like, does, is we always went back to, does, is that how pelvic, does pelvic PT translate well to telehealth? And my answer is no, it does not. Now, there are some aspects that we can provide via telehealth that are wonderful and that are great. And it did help us to think about other ways that we can add in telehealth services to our current practice. What is it actually good for? And, and provide services like that. But it is not a substitute for in-person care. And it would feel completely disingenuous for us to have marketed that really to our clients to and pushed it, convert, pushed it. Like that word, convert people to that. And, and you know, because you have to convert them back when you can open again. I, I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's really a huge point. And that was that true is like a principle is only a principle when it's tested and it costs you something. And I think we stuck to our principles on that. And again, not saying if you guys change that or your place of business didn't do that, that's totally fine. You can stick to whatever. We're not saying that telehealth is the principle of whether or not you do that. But once you've identified and said, hey, I don't really believe that's where we provide the most value, then to, to push that on patients. And I think that's right. The reason that we were full basically from the moment we came back is because we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't push that on people. And I think our patients saw that, recognized that that you know we were just being upfront with them with what we could do we communicated with them through the whole process but we didn't try to just squeeze every last dollar we could get financially out of them and i think they rewarded us basically when we came back after covid yeah because when we came back after covid we were full gosh with everybody rocking and rolling again Basically, as soon as everybody came back. Yeah. Which is another thing that made letting somebody go really hard because it was somebody we had supported through <laughs> the entire COVID process and then had really worked hard to fill schedule coming back. And that made it even more of a blow to let somebody yeah, go. Man. So, you know, there was one other one recently that came up with this is when we were talking with people about our business mentorship and we had somebody come back and ask if they could, you know, do the program for a discounted rate. And I think six months ago, that would have been a difficult thing for us to think about and say, wow, should we, should we let her do that? If we don't, maybe she won't join the program. And both of us with zero hesitation, like we believe in open and fair and transparent pricing. We don't believe in selling stuff based on like, oh, one day sale only. And you can only get this for this amount of time and, you know, wait for the deal. Like we just don't believe in that. Again, that's not putting down anybody who does. Those are great marketing tactics. They're, they're wonderful market, And I, I sometimes buy stuff based on those marketing tactics, which is totally fine. But as when we're getting to set our, our own rules for our public PT rising business, that's just not what we're going to do. I yeah. don't want to play the game. And I don't like that feel of like wondering whether or not something's going to go on sale and then feeling like you bought something and then it goes on sale the next week and you feel like an idiot. It's right. Like, it's like, God oh, dang it. And then, then you feel weird about asking. It's like... Just FYI, anything that we put out is going to be at the lowest price the first time we do it. And then we will increase it from there based on demand. Like, that's just what we're going to do. So so when FYI. somebody asks us for that, it's be just like, no, I'm sorry. That's not what we believe in. We want all of the, everyone who's in the program to feel like they should be excited to be there, to feel like it's a way more value than what they're paying for it. And if you don't, that's fine. It might not be the right time, but we're not going to have people in our program wondering what kind of deal everybody else got to get in. It's like, no, everybody knows. It's, it's just out there. It's open, transparent. That's what we believe about how to do business. So 
that makes that decision really easy. There's no debate about it. That just is what we do. Yeah. So I guess the the overarching theme here is that from a clinical perspective, from a business perspective, if you have a very clear ethos, then the decisions that come about, and there will be difficult ones, the, at least the decision will be easier, hopefully for you. And that's what I think this year taught us. And I think that that's an awesome, valuable lesson to take with us moving forward. And we're really quite thankful for that, actually. Yeah. And we're really looking forward to having a great 2021. I know that it's not necessarily, you know, like Nicole was saying, that on January 2nd, things are going to be magical. But we do feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We feel like we as a society at least know how to cope with and deal with a lot of the anxiety around this, a lot of the uncertainty. I think we've learned a lot more. I think we're really, all of us, ready to springboard into 2021. We're going to be doing a ton of new stuff, which I'm just stoked about. We relaunched and redid everything with our business mentorship. So if you are a cash-based pelvic PT, Keep your eye out for that when it makes sense for you. We're helping a lot of pelvic PTs from all over the country grow their cash practice, get to that happiest little clam phase, grow beyond that if they want, start hiring. I'm really excited about that. We're going to continue and keep this podcast going. We're now at 77 episodes and counting. Yeah, it's um, been super fun. The podcast is something that was born out of coronavirus yeah. too because we were we'd been meaning to do it for a super long time. And all of a sudden, we had a lot of time and we got to refocus our efforts on, well, if we can't treat patients at Pelvic Sandy, what would we do? And we would start a podcast together. It was an easy decision. Yeah. And then just a lot of other kind of business resources. We've already come out with an equipment list of all of the things that you need to start up a clinic, all the actual stuff to have and purchase and some of the things that we've bought over the years. And we'll have a lot more stuff on that business side coming out in 2021. We've got a, a great plan for all that stuff. And then clinically, we're really excited. Today is the last day. If you guys are listening to this on the 31st, um, the fourth round of Pelvic PT Essentials is going. So if you wanted to grab that, we'll put a link in the show notes to that. But that's going to be closing today as long as you're listening to this on the 31st. And then Nicole's going to be doing a great Q&A for that, the live, to answer any questions that people have in February as they go through the course. The IC course is going to be coming back sometime in probably spring. We've got all the huddle-ups and everything else going on. And then two or three other little clinical things that are going to be coming out pretty soon here. So we're going to be letting you guys know, but we've got a great plan for 2021. We'll, we also had a great plan for 2020, so... <laughs> So we reserve the right to (laughs) change it up in case we have another massive issue. But yeah, that's exciting. And then on the pelvic sanity side, just as a little sidebar, we are going to be hiring another pelvic floor physical therapist, which is also exciting. And uh, admin staff, admin staff, trying to help us help all of you guys with all of our back end stuff and just keeping, well, the PT is going to help with the back end stuff. The admin person is going (laughs) to. Jesse. Last bad joke of the 2020 year. Wouldn't be 2020 without terrible jokes from Jesse. Good job. Okay. (laughs) I really realized I got myself in a hole with that one. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so we're going to be growing on the the pelvic sanity side as well. And I'm just wishing all of you guys the best with that as well. Because I know a lot of you are doing something either different, that you change jobs, that you are in a different role, that you've started something new, that you're doing a side hustle. We've been seeing so much of that with all of these calls that we've been doing. 
And honestly, I think it's a fantastic time to be starting and reevaluating and doing something new. So I think 2021 is going to be a great year for a lot of people because of all of the shit that we went through in 2020. Yeah. We're going to, I think we have a lot more clarity and a lot of people, yeah, doing a lot of cool stuff right now. Yeah. Business. And honestly, guys, even if you're listening to this and you have prioritized family over starting your own practice, I mean, that's also commendable. That is also something where your personal ethos, if you prioritize that, then the decisions that you make to cut down on patient care, to not open your practice are just as important and just as valid as deciding the opposite. So kudos to everybody for just getting through this year. And I'm glad that we could do it together with you through the podcast, through rising, through the pelvic PT huddle. And we're really super stoked to continue into 2021 with y'all. So please have a wonderful, safe new year. And... This is why you end the podcast episodes usually. I was like going really good. We're going to do a straight 80s fade from Nicole where she's just going to start talking quieter and quieter. quieter. (laughs) But guys, please let us know. Keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.